Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, handball out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Goal! Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh! kicked the goal from inside the centre. I can't believe that. Boyd has kicked the goal. Yes, hello everybody and welcome to the SC Playbook podcast for pre-season 2023. My name is Eddie. As always, I'm going to be running you through all things Supercoach today. Um, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. Now, the simple fact is I really couldn't do any of this on my own. Um, I need a lot of help when it comes to my Supercoach, as I'm sure a lot of you do out there. Um, so I've turned to a couple of the experts today. We've got two of the great Supercoach minds in the game with us today. Firstly, we had him on last week for the first time. Uh, Rob, Rainman, Rainbird, how are you going today, Rainman? Yeah, going well, Eddie. Looking forward to having another good chat about Supercoach today. Indeed. And we've got a couple of we a couple of the old hands at the wheel today. Um, joining us as well is the uh, the head coach of Lovsky FC, um, overall runner-up in 2021. Um, Stevie, Nico. Nico, how are you travelling on this fine uh, Wednesday, Thursday morning even? I'm doing good, Eddie. Um, thanks for having me on again, uh, Rainman. Hey, mate. Nice to, uh, nice to chat with you for... Uh, the first time on the potty. Um, very much looking forward to it. We've, uh, we've brought the vets in. We have, indeed. Uh, it's time to get rid of the young blood, I reckon. We need to get a few old heads back in the mix. Um, we were speaking last week. Rob's been in the biz for 20-plus years. Nico, I, I haven't really asked you about your own background in Supercoach. Um, where, when did oh. you first start playing? And, um, yeah, tell us, tell us about your journey through the game. Oh, look, it, it probably wouldn't be all that much different, I don't think. However, Rob did mention something about playing... Uh, you know, with, with physical paper um, back in the day. So um, I don't go that far. So yeah, maybe just maybe just a little bit before that, when it when it first went online, is probably when I was um, starting my uh, my super coach journey. Well, we love it. We couldn't ask for much more in the way of experience from the two people we've got on today. Now, boys, the first thing I want to get to every week of the uh, the preseason is just we we like to sort a little bit of the facts from the fiction, like to to sort of sieve some of these these news related items we get from clubs through the logic test. Um, so, as always, I've asked you guys just to come prepared today with a couple of pieces of interesting news you've heard over the last seven days, whether it's role-related or injury-related or um, really anything to do with Supercoach. So, Nico, um, what, what's come across your, your desk this week in, in, from a Supercoach news perspective? Mate, there's actually been quite a bit this week. So, um, yeah, the news has been has been flying in. So, I've actually got quite a bit um to to talk about or notes that I've made so Love it. um please please jump in um and I don't want to obviously hog uh, any of Rob's uh, research as well but um some interesting news out of Melbourne uh, Alan Richardson the general manager of AFL performance had an interview and mentioned that uh, Max Gorn is is back fully fit and in training and that the uh the Grundy Gorn combo is a work in progress and the exact role is going to depend on performance and impact each game, which I don't know how you guys read that, but to me that is quite a bit of a warning sign. Um, if their roles are yep. going to be changing week to week, um, yeah, I, I don't think I'd be confident starting Grundy. Um, obviously, we're probably not considering Gorn because he's going to be playing probably a bit more forward this year. But yeah, do you guys agree that, that Grundy's maybe a little bit of a an avoid to start with? Yeah, I, I reckon he is for me, Nico. I, I've had him in uh, for a long period, just knowing what he can do. 
Um, Rucks, like every year, just a huge concern at the moment. I think uh, apart from Marshall, it's it's a bit of a head scratch for most. So, yeah, I I agree with that. And and I think secondary to that news as well, um, hearing a little bit of um, Gorn behind the ball as well. So, you know, that um, could he be our first triple position player and pick up DPP forward (laughs) defence Ruck? Uh, That'd make him a must-have. I don't think that could actually happen, though. Rob. I think it's I think it's two positions max, unfortunately. But that would be good. Uh, indeed. I, I mean, to, to come back to your original question, Nick, he was. I don't think Grundy was ever really on my radar this season. I just, I, I just, for me, I, I, all the stats in the world can tell me that Gordon Grundy can operate in the same team together, but I just can't see it with with my eyes. Um, so yeah, if they if they were to get on a tear, either of them midway through the season, I'd have to reassess, but. Yeah, I just yep. I just can't I can't get past the the thought that it's just going to be really hard for both of those guys to score on the one team for mine. Um, a, a little piece of news that I saw pop up um, yesterday was that Josh Dunkley is starting in in the middle in all the Brisbane Lions um, practice games. I think uh, the, the the Lions came out and said that he would be starting in the middle um, this season as one of the three starting midfielders. Um, yeah, Rob, does that? I mean, he's probably much for muchness in terms of he's, he's going to be a lot for a lot of people. Um, does that change anything from your perspective or does it just affirm what you already knew about him? Yeah, I, I just, I think it means that, you know, whatever his ownership is at the moment, 60 odd percent, uh, I'm just surprised that there's 40% of people that haven't locked him in. Um, it just feels like a no-brainer. The other thing is um, Tim English not taking part in Map Sim yeah. as well to because um, he's a hamstring tightness issue. So, yeah, another ruck to avoid, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's not what you want to see this time of year, is it? No, no. not at all. Um, Rob, what have, what have you seen that you found interesting over the last seven days or so? Uh, probably only a couple, and, and they'll probably in the, in the last couple of days. So um, our good mate Jason Horn francis getting a lot of media at the moment mm. um, and a lot, lot of rubbing North's nose in it. But uh, a commentary coming out yesterday that he's primed for a lot of midfield time, um, which kind of makes me question the butters Rosie selections a little bit as well. There's going to be a few mouths to feed in that midfield. Um, by the time you throw, I know Boke's kind of transitioning out a little bit, but still he'll still have stints. Obviously, you've got Wines. What they're doing with Willem Drew, don't know, but I feel like those, you know, those high CBA rotations might be a little bit tempered, so that just gives me a little bit of pause on both of those guys and JHF um, as starting selections. Yeah, JHF is definitely the name of the week um, in terms of Twitter mentions and Supercoach stuff. Uh, Nico, is he on your radar um, or is, like Rayman said, a bit too much uncertainty around his role? Oh, he is in draft. Hopefully I can, I can pick him up um, a little bit later in, in the in the draft game. But no, not, not for Classic for me. I think he's probably just a, a little bit of an elevated price and um, probably, yeah, too many question marks around his role. But yeah, I do agree that... Yeah, I mean, look, they're comparing him to Danger uh, at the moment and stuff, so it's getting a little bit, a little bit crazy. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, he's definitely uh, a good player, and hopefully, we get to see the best of him because we didn't see that last year. He was, um, he was just obviously not happy where he was. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, anything, anything else that, that caught your eye, Nico? Yeah, Gold Coast Charlie Constable playing uh, permanently off a half back, so. He's uh, a rookie prize player eligible um, to be picked as a mid and a defender. And um, he played in the Probables team in the intra club on Monday morning. So the A team um, and did really, really well. Got clean disposal uh, off half back, uh, which we know is super coach gold. So you can pretty much lock him in, I think. Indeed. Uh, he's been one that's sort of been teasing for a while now. I thought we, we kind of thought the breakout was going to be last year. Um, he didn't really get much chance in that cat side and, 
moving to Gold Coast uh, this might maybe is the year for him. Um, Rainman, any other any other news before we get to the, the meat of this podcast that you wanted to bring bring to the table? Yeah, only one quick one. Uh, the announcement of Toby Green as standalone captain at, at GWS yesterday, uh, which I thought was was good and interesting, and, and I reckon that bumps Cogs up a little bit. Um, just taking that, you know, that captaincy, or even though it was a shared captaincy off his shoulders, um, I reckon he's he's primed to go bang this year. So he was always in my plans. He's probably just firmed a little bit more at uh, sitting quite nicely at F two. Yeah, I love it. I'm I'm a huge Toby Green fan. Just to get off the Supercoach topic briefly, um, yeah, I'm so glad that I've made him captain. Uh, I remember hearing a couple of years ago, sort of anecdotally, that he was kind of he had, there was a study group of players at GWS who were all studying at the one time, and he was sort of the driver behind that with getting all the boys together and, and studying. And um, yeah, it's a, kind of no surprise to me that despite sort of the on the on field stuff, which we all know that he actually is a really brilliant leader. So congratulations to Toby. Um, it's really good to see. Uh, one more from you, Nico. Um, just on that, Jordan Dawson has also been named captain of Adelaide after one season, which is interesting. So I don't know what you guys made of that, but thought there might have been some some other probably more credentialed candidates. But I was um, shocked by that. Yeah, Absolutely shocked. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, he's been there one season. Where were the leaders before yeah. that, Rob? Yeah, well, I think, you know, Rory Sloan, obviously a very good leader, but right at the twilight of his career, uh, Taylor Walker clearly had um, had his own issues. So, yeah, I, I think that probably speaks more to culture and, and Nixie trying to rebuild the coach, culture post that, um, you know, what played out at the camp a few years ago. Indeed. Maybe maybe Duda's got one foot out the door as well. Yeah, yeah that's, I'd, that's I'd, a I'd worry. hearing a bit of a rift there as well. Yeah, which is, he does seem to love the Crows from everything I've heard, so I was surprised uh, that that seems to be the way it's going. Anyway, boys, um, we've all had those big nights where waking up, checking the credit card the next morning seems harder than changing a tyre on a moving car. If your credit cards are starting to get a little out of hand or you have a few loans all over the place, then speak to Pat and George today. The boys can get you a single loan that will help pay off your debts faster and at a lower cost with a single monthly payment. Say goodbye to juggling multiple due dates and hello to more money in your pocket. Mention the SC Playbook podcast. Uh, the boys will give you a free plan on how to get your debts in order. That's uh, the Mortgage Choice SCW, Pat and George. Um, you can find them on Instagram. Uh, you can find them all over our uh, website as well. Now, boys, uh, this is one of my favourite topics of the year. I'm so glad I had I have you two on to discuss it because um, I absolutely love the idea of breakouts uh, every year. Um, I reckon there's probably a few guys that, that take that step. Um, it's uh, it's always exciting trying to pick them. Um, it's uh, it's one of the thrills of Supercoach, I think, is seeing one of the guys that you you were on really early start to perform really well. So we're going to discuss some potential breakout options um, for uh, each different line on the field today. Um, first off, though, Nico, I want to find out um, what what it, what what actually makes a breakout. What what do you define as a as a breakout season from a player? And do you have any sort of recent examples that spring to mind? It's a a really good question. So I think it's probably someone in that sort of. 300 to 450 kind of bracket that that becomes a, a an uber premium so someone like jack sinclair last season i would consider a, a proper breakout player yeah fantastic similar to similar for you as well rob or have you got a sort of broader characteristic for it yeah, no, 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 that's it. All I would add to that is, uh, you know, generally looking through, uh, I, I tend to use back half or, or role change at the, the end of the year as a bit of an indicator as well. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you could see... Uh, for example, you know, Brayshaw or even uh, the prior year just started to up his time on ground at CBA. So kind of looked like he was then going to be primed a little bit coming into last year. Um, and, and that obviously played out quite well. There's also like the, the third or fourth year um, player yeah. in the AFL system that, you know, is, is kind of ready to peak 
um, you know, to use a, a horse racing term like peaking third, fourth up. So, yeah, that's the um, for as well. I want to give a shout out to, I came across this Twitter status the other day from Tom Nemeth 8 on Twitter, um, who did a bit of analysis on breakout players. And I, I want to, I just want to throw some of what he said at you boys, because I thought it was fantastic. Um, please go and check out his Twitter. He, he Whatever he's doing on there is fantastic. Um, he defined a breakout as player who made either at least 150K during the season or became a top six to eight player at their position. Um, I think that the purposes of this podcast, we probably are looking for more like you said, Nico, the, the player that becomes a top six to eight player at their position rather than making 150K. I'd probably define that as more of a mid-pricer. Um, but Tom actually found he identified 122 breakouts in the last seven years. Um, 40% of those occurred between the ages of 22 and 24. Um, and most breakouts occurred in year three of a player's career. So um, I think that is absolutely brilliant analysis from Tom. Um, so let's let's get it started straight away. Uh, Nico, who have you got your eye on in the defensive line as a player who could potentially meet those characteristics? Yeah, so obviously we haven't discussed this offline, so we're probably going to have some some very similar players here. So apologies, Rob, if I steal any of the ones <laughs> you've jotted down. But um, I'll start off with Will Day from Hawthorne. Um, he's been training exclusively with the midfield group. He's... I don't know how many seasons he's had now, but it's definitely multiple seasons. Um, he's held off his contract talks as well, which I find interesting. I I read that as he's actually got a bit of confidence in his body finally, yeah. and he's actually ready to sort of cash in on, on a good contract. So um, I, I see that as a positive. Obviously the negatives with him uh, is durability and his body issues that he's had um, in the past. So I think definitely a, a breakout candidate, however, um, for this season will day. Um, it's interesting you say, Will Day, Nico. He was in my breakout candidate article for this time last year. Um, so I actually thought that last year was the year. Um, I think, yeah, as I, I remember writing in that article, I don't think the question with Will Day is whether he is a good enough footballer. I think he, the eye yeah. test tells you that he's an absolute cracker. He can he, he can be one of the best players at his position in the league. It's, it's all about the body. Uh, as you said, he just can't get on the park. Um, Rob, you were nodding along with that. I suspect that Nico um, may have taken one of your potential candidates in defence. Have you got a couple others? Yeah, I have. And just to add to Will Day, um, obviously in the intra-club yesterday, um, played predominantly midfield and, and, you know, from all reports dominated. And I think, you know, as kind of uh, you and Nico both alluded to, it wasn't a choice, uh, a a question of will he, it's when will he. So I think, you know, he he certainly primed this year with the opportunity in the Hawks. Uh, The other one for me, uh, probably slightly elevated, but but, um, I I think could actually do it this year is Ed Richards um, from the Bulldogs. So, I mean, the, the challenge with the Bulldogs is, probably a few mouths to feed again. You know, I, I don't know what their halfback line looks like. I know Caleb Daniel is, seems to be training with the mid. So you've probably got Bailey Dale. You've got um, Ed Richards, you know, maybe a Bailey Williams. But the way that Richards finished the year, 111 from his last five, um, you've got to take notice of that, I reckon. And he's a very clean user of the ball. So going to be really interested to see what he looks like um, once we start to play some of the intra-clubs. I am a huge fan of Ed Richards. Also a fan of this next guy, Hayden Young from Fremantle. Um, I know Charlie wrote about him in his Fremantle uh, uh, preview piece, piece, which is up on the SC Playbook website. So check that out. But um, yeah, Hayden Young is another one that for me that just, that just passes the eye test. I mean, um, he, he looks great. He's a damaging left footer. Finished, importantly, the two finals in 2023. Uh, sorry, in 2022 with 120 and 105 in those two finals. So um, the kid can play. Um, again, just a matter of uh, getting consistency. I, I saw someone comment on Twitter that um, we, we kind of need him to be taking kickouts. Um, if you, you know, a breakout player in defense tends to be one that, that takes a lot of kickouts. So uh, we do want to see him taking more kickouts than he currently is. 
Uh, Nico, anyone else that you can chuck in the mixer here? Yeah, um, Jack Bowes with his move to Geelong, I think we'll get mm-hmm. um, a really good opportunity um, there, I think, as an inside mid uh, even. So um, he's in my team at the moment and I'm expecting good things from him. Joshua Gota as well from North Melbourne, if he does get that role off halfback, is another potential breakout candidate for me. Yeah, love it. Um, Rob, is, which line, do you have a line that you're probably more likely to take risks on um, when it comes to breakout players? It might be hard to answer. It might be more of a feel thing. Um, but is that, do, do you sort of, do, does defence feel sort of more like, you know, the line to take a punt on these breakout guys versus um, sort of missing out on a premium forward to take a punt on someone? Yeah, I'm probably a little bit anti that. I normally guide my structure by the rookies, and I feel like defensive rookies seem okay this year. Um, and I absolutely hate all the forward premiums, apart from Cogs and Dunkley, as as I've probably alluded to over a Twitter and, and a couple of these chats previously. So, I, yeah, I, I think the where the premiums and the rookies uh, lie will help dictate where you look for those breakouts. Um, so I, I think this year I'd, I'd love to find a breakout forward because it feels like those, you know, six or seven are set but we know that Supercoach is a cruel mistress and it never actually plays out like that. So that's where I'm looking for, you know, hopefully some value this year. It might not be breakouts. It might be breakbacks. Exactly, yep. So Elliot Yo in defence, Jack Zeeble in the forward line, Nat Fife. So there's a couple of options as well. Yeah, I want to let, let's segue straight to the forward line because I think that's a, that's a good way to get into it, Rob. You mentioned that you're desperately looking for someone there that can that can sort of make that leap from the the four fifty to five hundred k range up into primo range. Um, who have you got your eye on currently? I know Nico mentioned a, a couple of guys there. Is there anyone else that that you've got your eye on? Yeah, the only one, and it's a really left field one. I, I had the uh, the pleasure of attending the Blues training last week and, and got to have a close eye on Zach Fisher, who's a guy who's been, Ooh. you know, has, has all the tools to kind of break out. Um, and he was training exclusively with the midfield group. And, and the Blues, uh, being a very keen Blues watcher, they play very three distinct roles in that midfield. So they, they kind of play the the blocker, the bull and the burst, as I would call them. So effectively you have um, you have uh, Hewitt or Doherty as the blocker. So kind of at that backstop that can lay a tackle, that can distribute out. You have Cripps or Matty Kennedy as the bull that's just kind of breaking through. And then on the other side, you, you traditionally have Walsh or Chera uh, running through as that burst player that, you know, good disposal that can get a bit of leg on them. Now with Walsh out, it looks like Fisher is playing that role a little mm. bit. And he, we know he's got really good efficiency, runs at about 70%. And he's, his clangers are elite, as in the, the, he doesn't have many, 2.6 a game roughly. Um, and just to add to that, he only had one game last year where he attended a decent uh, amount of CBAs at 48%. In that game, he scored 113 super coach. So oh, I don't mind him at, at 404K um, as a bit of a sneaky option. Now, that is the sort of analysis we want to hear, Rain Man. I absolutely love it. Um, while we've got you, I, I did mean to bring up the Carlton training before um, in the introduction to this podcast. But, yeah, you were you were out at training on Friday. You were watching them very closely. Um, Fisher is a great get. Um, was there anything else that, that stood out to you? Look, this is another one. and This certainly won't be a breakout, but a high-end rookie price, I guess. Jesse Motlop, who played small forward for the Blues last year, um, he was getting a lot of time as a distributor, so not necessarily in the mid-rotations, but they were linking up through him, uh, running off a little bit off half-back and kind of floating between the arcs of half-back and half-forward, so almost a pseudo-wing role. 
Um, he looked very good, and he's super highly respected. Um, he's only two forty-two k. Challenge is he's, he's only got thirteen games in the in the bank at the moment. So who knows what that looks like? And also, I heard a rumor that Corey Durden might have a delayed start to the preseason, um, which would mean they'd probably need Motlop's pressure forward. But just one to kind of pencil in, particularly in a keeper league, I reckon. Um, he might be a good one to kind of stash away. Yeah, love it. Um, Nico, that's uh, that's a pretty hard act to follow. What about us have you got in the forward line for us? Uh, what, any any other rogue set? I don't think anyone else is, uh, is, is penciling in Zach Fisher, um, but any uh, on that level? No, not really on that level, mate. Maybe Sam Flanders at the Gold Coast. There's been a bit of buzz about him and, and playing midfield. Uh, whether or not he gets that opportunity uh, is one to keep an eye on. I've just listed, I've got Jason Horn Francis in here as well, um, yeah. who we've already spoken about, but maybe some other guys like Luke Pedler at the Crows or mm. even Connor McDonald, who's um fresh face at the Hawks, who yep. from all reports, he's doing really, really well in, in training and in intra clubs. So he, uh, he, he could be part of that, you know, first row, first rotation or even in the, in the starting lineup with, um with Hawthorne lacking, um you know, some, some bona fide mid- midfielders. Definitely. Now, if there is one line that I think is uh, is primed to take a bit of a punt on a uh, on a breakout this year, um, I think it might be the ruck line because we've got we've got Rowan Marshall as kind of uh, I think he's going to probably be in you know a lot of teams. Um, You're just got... bragging about wits again, aren't you? Last oh, year. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know, Nico? <laughs> Uh, yeah, for those who don't know, uh, Witsy broke out last year and I was on him from the start, so that was fantastic. Um, but I, I do think that, that particularly the R2 position is, is primed to, to take a bit of a pun on someone like, a I don't know, a Sam Draper, um, a Scott Lysette. Uh, any of these guys, Nico? Or where, where, where are you leaning with your, with your R2 position at the moment? I've got Darcy Cameron at the moment, but not with a lot of, um, I guess, faith or, or, yeah, it's more just hope at the minute. Um I do understand the Lyset pick because I think he's a bit underpriced and he's probably going to make that 150k that we're after. Yeah. So I could see him as a stepping stone, uh, no problems. Um, Sam Draper, I I just do not understand the appeal <laughs> and the talk about this guy. Like he he kicked the goal of the year and everyone wants him in Super Coach. All of a sudden, he had a game where he scored six and he played the whole <laughs> game and he had six Super Coach points. <laughs> Like, pick him if you want, but not for me. You're just a Bombers hater, Nico. Um, no, I'm not. I'm not. I just, yeah, six, Eddie. Anything there with Draper right now, or is that a... Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I couldn't share Nico's sentiment even more if I tried. Um, the guy's got a great mullet, and that's where it starts and stops as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I think uh, Rucks are, yeah, Rucks are just a headache this year. Uh, uh, there was some positive signs out of the Hawks Intra Club yesterday, even though it was shared, Ruck, with Reeves and Meek. Um, I really like Lloyd Meek. I don't know that I'm brave enough to go there. Um, but, yeah, if, if you can find a breakout ruck this year, I reckon, uh, and it works, well, you saw what it did for you last year, Eddie. So a good way to propel yourself forward. Uh, where, is your R, where is your R2 position at the moment, Rainman? Uh, well, it has been Grundy and Marshall. Um, over the last 24 hours, I'm probably this, the same as Nico. I've, I've gone back to Darcy Cameron with absolutely no faith at the moment. Um, so I'm hoping that we see something play out uh, across the next couple of weeks because, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really unsure on what I'm going to do there. I can't see a world in which I want to have Darcy Cameron if, if Mason Cox is in the team with him, Nico. Is that is that a distinct possibility at this point? It is a possibility, yep. Um, a lot of players have, have come out of training and said that Mason Cox is doing really well in the ruck, so it is a bit of a concern. They did share the role 
quite a few games at the end of last year as well. So I don't know how much of an impact that had on Cameron's scoring or whether that was just that he dropped off because he didn't have a proper preseason as a Ruckman. So there's a lot of questions around that. Um, and Darcy Cameron has missed a bit of this preseason um, as well. So there are a lot of question marks. So, yeah, I, I did actually put down Ned Reeves as a potential um, here. So good shout out there, Rayman. Um, he seems to have the number one role and, and the talk has been that he's been exceptional um, with, with his tap work. So he might get a 60-40 split maybe or 70-30, something with Meek. But, yeah, I, I'm not going to go there. I don't think it's just it's too risky. Yep. We briefly touched on the uh, the Gordon Grundy stuff as well, so I won't belabor that too. <clears throat> I think it's time to get to the midfielders. Um, there's going to be a lot of meat on this bone, I think. This is where we probably see, I would guess, the majority of uh, breakout candidates come from. Um, Rayman, uh, we've, we've got another couple this year. There's a couple, as Nico said, that are break-back options too. Um, where does your eye go to first in the midfield line? You know the one word that I'm going to say, don't you? It's, it's I no season. I teed you up. Um, <laughs> no, I, look, I, I think there's there's three that I have had a real lot of trouble splitting this year that are all very similarly priced, which is LDU, Noah, and Tom Green. Um, now, Tom Green, he seems to be getting all the plaudits um, and, and a lot of attention. If you look at his ownership, he's he's well and above, and I completely understand that. Um, I yeah, I, I really like where Noah is primed and and how he's carries stats across every line. Um, he's you know he just runs all day. He kind of reminds me a little bit of when Whitfield was good, if we can remember back that far, <laughs> back in the prime, uh, but with more contested possessions. And, and even if you look at his his stat line, as opposed to someone like Andy Brayshaw last year, they're very, very similar. Um, Noah's downfall was probably his disposal efficiency, which can be worked on pretty easily. So I, I think there's good things in line for Noah. He'll certainly be uh, in my starting squad. Is is firmly entrenched at M5 at the moment. Um, I think the the world is only up for him. Gold Coast are going to be a better side. I'm hoping this year. Um, and but the the same can probably be said for LDU. I think he uh, it j- just reminds me of a young Chris Judd. The way that he can burst from stoppages. Um, obviously, the challenge there is he may get the attention. I think he's probably overtaken Simkin in that midfield for anybody to get attention. I reckon he's probably good enough to to get through it. Um, but he's a bit of a watch and and jump on if he if he um, jumps out of the blocks early. I reckon. Absolutely, great call. There's also good. Um... I guess a good strategy would be to start a couple of those guys in that price bracket just yep. so you can jump on that person who has broken out. Um, so there is, there's Rayman mentioned there's quite a few options there to, um, to, to jump on. What else you got for us, Nico? Jai Cully, West Coast. Mm. He's mm. been training really well. He's had a full preseason now after being picked up midway through last season. Um, apparently he's just, he's in there. He's, he's their midfield one of their midfield guys from the start. And yeah, look, I'm probably not going to jump on him, but he, he's one that could break out. Uh, other ones, Jacob Hopper is probably in everyone's team and rightly so. I think at that 300K price range, he's pretty much the main man, I think, in Richmond's midfield this preseason and, and will be to start the season. So if you don't have him, I think that's a mistake and you should get him. And the other name I've got is Finn Callahan. So there has been reports, mm-hmm. as Rayman mentioned, Tom Green has been dominating. But every time I, I see Tom Green's name, I see Finn Callahan's name right there as well. So I've got him in my team at the moment in that sort of 250K price bracket. 
What about, can I throw Sam Berry at you from the Crows, Rain Man? Um, any interest in, in him? He's, uh, he's a tackling machine, contested ball, contested ball weapon. Um, any, any love for, the, for Berry on the Crows? Not really. Uh, and, and look, I completely agree that he is both of those things, but I think that's part of his issue as well. I'm not sure where else he builds out his scoreline. So, um, you know, he's in good in and under, lots of tackles. I don't know that those tackle numbers are sustainable. Um, yeah. The way that, you know, the, the Crows kind of played that last year, I feel like they've really got to start to change things up if they're going to start to climb up the ladder. So um, whilst I think he's good and, and a good stash as a late, you know, kind of M5 in a draft or something like that, I don't see it personally um the probably the ones that are the only other two that have some interest from me and not sure how they play out and i think it's probably a year too early are two of the swans boys in chad warner and james robottom um i think they've both got chops warner obviously showed what he can do in that grand final he was magnificent the only one that probably stood up against the cats um and really showed what he he can do um and robottom uh, kind of similar to berry i guess in some aspects in that in and under but had a really good finish to last year so i'm going to be keen to see how the swans play that as well but i reckon both of those boys have potential to you know to lift them up to you know somewhere around uh top 10 top 12 Rowbottom averaged a 106 supercoach points in his last eight games of the season. So um, you bang on there, uh, Rainman. That's a quality finish to the year, especially given the Swans are playing in a lot of big games around that time. So um, also one to keep an eye on. Uh, now, boys, I want to give a bit of a plug to the SC Playbook subscription package. Um, it's $50 for the full package, uh, which gets you access to all of our NRL, AFL and BBL content for the next 12 months. Um, if that's not you, not your jam, we've got $30, which covers all of your AFL um, premium stuff. So we've got extra premium articles every single round. You get access to our WhatsApp group, which has the three of us in it, as long as as, as well as a host of the other contributors and other uh, listeners as well. Um, also, the uh, the big announcement this week is if you become an SC Playbook subscription holder, you get access to our major unlimited group prize, uh, which is $500 top prize for the top ranked subscriber to knock off all of our teams. Um, and if a non-subscriber wins, we'll split $250 each between the winner and the runner-up. So very good prize on offer there. The unlimited group code, if you haven't joined already, is 345511. Boys, uh, we've had a very good question come in from a listener, Jesse Cooper. Um, Jesse uh, writes into the podcast that he's got Yo at D4, Fitch at M5, and Hopper at D6. He really wants to hold this midfield structure, but it leaves him short forward. With about 400K, who is worth an F4 spot? He's worried about Fife and wondering about Jason Horn Francis. Current thinking is it's better to be short or forward as DPP will open up options later. Uh, Rayman, I'm going to chuck this to you first. What are your thoughts on Jesse's uh, Jesse's question here? Yeah, look, I think there's a few layers into that question. I, I could just jump at Fisher at 404. That feels like an easy answer. Um, but I, I reckon, again, kind of as I alluded to before, I reckon you've still got to let rookies dictate your structure. And I feel like our forward line rookies are pretty thin. So I, I would try and have a way of either, you know, going up or going down uh, from that 400, because I, I think apart from Fife um, or even Cunnington, if you really wanted to go there, who's a bit more, I think it's pretty thin in that range. Um, we talked around Horn Francis a little bit before. It feels like it, it's a bit of an unknown and that price is, is really awkward. So, you, you know, you've got to do a lot from that price to actually make money because you're not going to be a keeper. Um, I, I would look at potentially um, how uh, you could restructure the 
side a little bit to either go go one up or one down. And, you know, if, if you're happy to run a, a Toby McLean at, at F4, potentially, um, and, you know, someone like Fergus Green showed some good chops yesterday, I think there are some... Uh, forward rookies, I think they're going to be slow burn. They're not going to be great scorers. So um, I think that's the challenge. But I'd, I'd be reluctant. If you don't have any faith in five, I'd try and find a different way around that. Nico, thoughts? My thoughts are what kind of sorcery uh, is happening here with Hopper at D6? But I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's, it's M6. Um, yeah, yeah. That's probably uh, so a typo from me. <laughs> okay. Uh, Yo at D4 is actually probably the deepest I've seen um, a defensive structure in, in the preseason. So most people would have Yo at D3, I would say. Um, so maybe there's something there where you can try and restructure, uh, maybe take one of those three um, big dogs from defense and, and make it make it um, just two of them. Um, happy enough with that with that midfield, if that's the way, you know, Jesse wants to roll. But um, as Rayman has said, it's very slim pickings in that 400K forward spot. Probably look at preseason and, and like Jack Zebel's definitely playing in defense. If he's got kickouts, he's probably the one to go to, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know we know what he can do. He did it two years ago um, where he averaged like 115 or something. So that's probably what I'd be leaning to at the moment. Maybe just, just fix up that defensive structure. And then, yeah, I mean, the, the forwards at the moment, like how many DPP forwards have we actually got that have been relevant? Uh, like last year it was Bont. Um, there wasn't really anyone else. Bailey Smith looked like he was going to be, but he crashed mm. and burned, um, you know, through no fault of anybody else. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, look, I don't know. I mean, we could get gone, maybe. Um, I, I just, I just don't track know. Him, I, yeah, I'm happy to keep one spot or two spots open, but I really think that those four big dogs, Dunkley, Cogs, Rosie, Taranto, I can't see them not being in the top six at the end of the year unless there's injuries. Um, so that's the way I'm headed uh, with my structure at the moment. I've got all those four in the forward line. Love it. Really um, that is really good question, though. Great question. Yeah, very good question. Thank you for that, Jesse. If, if you do have any questions for the podcast, uh, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Facebook. Um, we absolutely love hearing your thoughts and questions. Um, guys, speaking of excited, I'm very excited to, to announce that the SC Playbook AFL podcast will be linking up with Better for the 2023 footy season. Um, they hit the market last October with some outstanding markets for their members. Uh, we can't wait to produce SC Playbook specials of our own with them each and every round. This week, we're going to start with an exclusive AFL Futures play. Uh, it's a pity Dylan not some, is not on the podcast today because he'd be stoked with this one. Uh, it's Will Ashcroft, rising star into 10-plus Brownlow votes as well at $11. Um, to follow along with that market, you can find the link to it in any of our articles at scplaybook.com.au or go to the Better app and go to Sport, Australian Rules, Futures, and then scroll down. This is for those aged 18 plus only. Please remember to gamble responsibly. Uh, boys, uh, that's about it for us this week. I did want to ask each of you, um, I think it's, you know, every week I, I think feel like it's a bit of a challenge that pops up with my super coach team. Nico, what's the current challenge for your team at the moment? Who are you trying to squeeze in or squeeze out? Oh, Look, it's probably just the R2, to be honest, at the moment. Although I do have Hayden Young as D1, so I'm wow. probably looking maybe to upgrade Nick Dacos to just find that 100K to get him up. Obviously, I do love Nick, but I'm just worried about the tag with him in particular. So if I can find 100K somewhere, it's probably getting a proper D1 in. Love it. Rayman, what about you? What's on the agenda for your super coach team this week? 
Yeah, I'm, I feel like I've gone very much against the crowd with, with what uh, my selections look like at the moment. Currently, I'm running with no Yo and no Hopper. Um, so uh, just a, a little bit more trusted primos in back. And um, at the moment, I've got Tom Green at M6. Um, so that does mean I'm, I'm thin in a couple of other areas. It's just kind of validating what that looks like and hopefully trying to find a second ruck. Yeah, exactly. I think that's uh, very similar for me. The second ruck is causing a lot of issues at the moment. I feel like I can't, I feel like my team isn't complete until I'm happy with that R2 spot and nothing's making me happy with it at the moment. So, um, that's about all we've got time for, boys. Uh, absolute pleasure to have you both on. Um, we'll speak to you through, through, during the week and get you back on the podcast soon. Thanks, guys.